0: all from chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1. Hallelujah. Last week Sunday, we started, we continued our series greater and better. Are you following? And then we we saw chapter 1, chapter 2 chapter 3. In chapter 1, we saw that Jesus is better than the angels and he is greater than the angels. Then we also saw as well, that Jesus is also greater than Moses. Are you following? Hello, are you here? Jesus, tell somebody Jesus is greater than Moses. And we saw that Moses was a servant, but Jesus was a son. Praise God. And God has taken us from servanthood to sonship. Praise God Lord, forevermore. So we say, say that I'm God's Son or I'm God's daughter. Go ahead and say it. It depends on who you are. I said when I said say son or daughter, I mean you know the right word to pick. Are you ready now? So say I'm God's son. All right, wonderful. So once you are born to the family of God, you are not a servant. You are a son. A servant does not have inheritance. The son does. Hallelujah. So when you come to God, come as a son. Come as a daughter. Hallelujah. You know even if you did something wrong right imagine if you have a child and your child did something wrong and then your neighbor that you don't know is beating your child what are you going to do what are you going to do that neighbor you will attack the neighbor first right why whatever the child has done is a family matter when you come back to the family we will do it in the family talk less of an enemy the devil how can the devil be punishing you for something you did wrong terrible terrible you refuse to accept it he's an enemy of god and he's also your enemy if you will not allow your neighbor to beat your own child, how will you allow, allow an enemy far away to touch you? Just because he did something wrong. Even if you did something wrong, when you come to the house, it will be settled in the family. Can you say amen somebody? That's how things are done in the house of God. It's a family matter. It's a family what? It's not outside matter. In the same way in the church of God as well, when somebody offends the house of God, it's not outside matter. It's a family matter. It has to be handled in the church and kept there. Can you say amen? So we start from verse chapter 4 from verse 1. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Next. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they had did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard them. Every time you hear the word of God, if you don't mix it with faith, it will not produce any results in your life. Can you say amen? So, for instance, if I tell you that, oh, God's gonna prosper you. If you don't mix that word with faith, it'll end there. The word will go and return void. But the word of God is supposed to go out and do not return void. How will it happen? It happens when it's mixed with faith. How do you mix it with faith? We'll come to that. Next, verse 3. It says, For hell. Oh, now, this is powerful. It says, For we who have believed, do enter that rest. For as he has said, so I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. In the old covenant, God told the children of Israel that they will never enter God's rest. Remember, the promised land was a land of rest. It was for them to go and rest in the promised land. But God said they will never enter the place. Why? If you notice, in the children of Israel, those that entered the promised land were not those that left Egypt. It was their children that entered the promised land. All the ones that rebelled against God died in the wilderness. Why? Why? Because they did not mix the word of God with faith. That's the reason why. Every time you don't mix the word of God with faith, the result is death. And for a Christian, there's a difference between stressful increase and restful increase. Can you say amen? God doesn't want you to go through your life with stress. He wants you to go through your life with rest. There are two different things. Can you say amen? And when we talk about rest, rest does not mean sleeping in your house and lying down and chilling. No, that's not rest. We're talking about rest is not inactivity. When we talk about rest in the kingdom of God, we mean directed activity. You know, some people in their lives they go all about doing all manners of things. They go hitting this, they try this one, it doesn't work. They try that one, it doesn't work. But when you have directed activity, that's God's rest. Can you say Amen? Say I'm in God's rest. Say I'm in God's rest. He says, "I have sold my word; they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished." From the foundations of the world. That's what I tell people all the time. I said all the money you ever need in your life was already budgeted for before you were born. Can you say amen? Are you, did you hear what I said? The Bible says everything about your life was already done before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. So there's nothing that you should be thinking about and say, oh, will God do it for me? Will God not do it for me? No, it's already budgeted for. Praise God. As you. The same way you budget how much you're going to use for food this month. The same way you budget for your and your data. The same way God has already budgeted everything for you before you were born. Can you say amen? Now listen, the next verse, verse 4. It says, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. Remember, God rested on the seventh day. It says, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Next, and again in this place it says they shall not enter my rest, <coughs> next, since therefore it remains that some must enter it and those who to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. The reason why the children of Israel didn't enter the, the, the promised land was because of disobedience. The reason why Moses did not enter the promised land was because of disobedience. What was the disobedience that Moses did? Very simple thing. The first time Moses got to the rock, God told him, strike the rock. He says, water will come out. And Moses struck the rock and water came out of the rock. The second time, the children of Israel said, Moses, did you bring us here to die with taste? And Bible says Moses became angry. And he said, God, see see the rubbish people are doing. They are annoying me. And God said, speak to the rock. He says, talk to the rock. He said, water will come out. But because of anger, because of anger, Moses took the rod and struck it. And the Bible, God said, because, now notice, notice, water still came out of the rock. And lo, just because the power of God is manifested does not mean that the glory of God is manifested. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The power of God was manifested, but God was not glorified by the act of Moses. And God said, because of this, he said, you will not enter the promised land. Why? Because remember, the rock, the Bible tells you that the rock is Christ. Remember, Christ was to die once and never to die again. Once Christ died by the smiting of God, by the smiting of man, we are not again to smit him. We are not again to strike him. We are only to speak to the rock. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So, Moses was destroying God's typology because the Bible says that the Old Testament is the shadow of things to come. So God had to deal with it. God said, because of the obedience, you enter the promised land. Praise God. Next verse, verse 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, tell somebody today. After such a long time, it has been said today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Anytime you hear the word of God, do not harden your heart. If you hear the word of God today, don't harden your heart. Can you say amen? Next, verse 8. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Moses could not give them rest. Even though they entered the promised land that was supposed to be a land of rest was not truly rest was not truly rest. Listen, rest cannot be found in abundance. Rest cannot be found even in lack of abundance. Rest cannot be found in your house. Rest cannot be found in your place of work. Rest can only be found in Jesus. Can you say amen? Yes. Only Jesus Christ gives actual rest. Only him gives a man rest. I'm telling you, the reason why many are afraid today in the world is because they don't know that Jesus Christ is Lord of their lives. That's why they're afraid. They're afraid they have the fear of tomorrow. They have the fear of the unknown. I heard somebody say, I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? I don't know. It's fear of the unknown. Fear of the future. They are afraid of the future. Some people are afraid of the present, where they are. It says they have not entered into God's rest. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Verse 9. Verse 9. Therefore remains, therefore, a rest for God's people. There remains, therefore, a rest for God's people. 10. For he, not only is together want to go, uh-huh, the day you enter into God's rest, you have ceased from your own works. Hallelujah. It says the way God did, created the earth in the sixth day, and on the seventh day, he rested from all his works. He says they that have entered into God's rest also cease from their labors. Also cease from their struggles. Jesus Christ is the end of all struggles. Can you say amen? It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. Once you enter into God's rest, you have ceased from your own works. Can you say amen? Just as God did from his. And the amazing part about this rest is that this rest is not Sunday. No, it's every day. Hallelujah. Because remember, God was showing us a type of what was to come. God has done the work. You are to rest in what he has done. Praise God forevermore. If you are still trying to help God, that's why you see you cannot help God. See, God does not help, you know, some people, say, some, some, some people say something like this, heaven helps those who help themselves. No, God, heaven does not help those who help themselves. If you can help yourself, then go ahead and help yourself. God not going to share his glory with you. Heaven helps those who are helpless. Until you, come into, until you come to God with a helpless attitude, then God can intervene in your matter. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Verse 11, it says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Every time you don't enter into God's rest, you are going in disobedience. That's what the Bible says. And if you continue in that part, it says you will never enter into God's rest. Praise God. Verse 12. Ho, ho, ho. Let's read together, one to go. Hold on, stop it. Again, one to go. Uh-huh, 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 man, again. Everything I read to you is because of the word of God. Now, notice, I want to show you something very interesting. It says the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is alive. Say the word of God is alive. Now, it says it is sharper than any two-edged sword. What does that mean? What is sharper than two-edged sword? Who knows? What's sharper than two-edged sword? <laughs> I know. Now, let's look at man-made things now. What is sharper than two-edged sword? You know, remember, two-edged sword cuts both sides. That's what it means, right? Any side it cuts. What is, there's, there's something that is powerful than two-edged sword. Shall I tell you? Good, you got it. Laser. Laser light can pass through this world. A soul may not be able to pass through, but it can pass through. The word of God is laser. Can you say amen? The word of God can enter into any matter, any situation, and turn it around for good. That's what it can do. The word of God was able to bring a woman that was barren and has passed menopause and produce a child in her body. Even at the age of 90, God said, by this time next year, he said, you have a son. And it happened as God said it. Hallelujah. Can I speak into your life today? Everything that God has said concerning you will happen this year in the name of Jesus. Yes. The word of God is living and powerful. That means the word of God does not die. Listen, why do you think today we still have the word that was written for us more than 5,000 years? And is still alive and relevant even in today's situation? Why? The word of God is living and powerful. Hallelujah. Now, here's the amazing part about the word of God. It says the word of God can even divide soul and spirit. This is what science cannot do. If you go to the, um, the scientist, they cannot show you a man's spirit. Do you realize that? Doctor did not research on human spirit. Huh? Nothing like that. Why? Science cannot do it. But the word of God, see, the word of God is the only material that showed us that man is a spirit. And has a soul and lives in the body. It's only the word of God that told us that. No science. No science. God's word told us that we are spirits. That's why when a Christian dies, Bible says he's just slept. Why? Because his spirit man never dies. Praise God. This is the reason why, this is the reason why, you know, when there's a gift of the spirit called discernment of spirit. I'll explain. Not spirit of discernment. (laughs) I'm I'm smelling sin. No. Discernment of spirit is to know the spirit behind the matter. That's what it means. For instance, somebody can go to the hospital and The hospital can say, oh, this person has um, a growth in the body. That's what the the test materials can see, right? So they they administer medications, and the person is not recovering, is not getting better. Instead, the growth continues. But you see, maybe a man who is filled with the spirit is able to see, is able to discern. The person told him that, oh, the doctor said, I have growth, and this growth has been in my body for several months. And the the person who functions by the gift of the spirit to discern is able to see the real cause. And then the man is saying that he's seeing a demon behind this. That is what telescope cannot see. And listen, listen, once that devil is cast out of that person, amazingly, the person goes back to the hospital, and they do a test, and the growth is gone. Why? Because even devils can produce symptoms that make sense to the doctors. Are you what I'm telling you? But in the spirit, we can see better. The word of God divides soul and spirit. It divides soul and spirit. That's why as a Christian living in this life, say life is spiritual. Some of you did not say it over here. Say life is spiritual. Say it again. It has not entered you yet. Say it again. No, 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 no. You didn't say it. Stand up. Say it very well. I want to enter your you Now say life is, life is spiritual. Thank you. You can sit down now. Let, let me explain why I said so. Everything you see is not all there is. It's not all there is. It's not all there is. You've got to take your life seriously. Don't live into the hands of the Satan to do your life any higher life. No, no, no. You must take responsibility. Life, can you say amen? It says, and the joint and marrow. Another thing that is so hard to, d- to divide is joint and marrow. The word of God is able to divide joint and marrow. Can you say amen? And it says, Now, this is the, this is the part that is amazing the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Two different things discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Two different things thoughts the Word of God can 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 tell you exactly why you are thinking the way you are thinking and the word of God can only can also show you why you have the intents and God is more concerned about your intents your motives than what you actually do for instance God is more concerned about your motive for giving than your giving itself God is more concerned about your motive for serving him you than your serving in itself the word of God is able to expose everything. That's the reason why in the presence of God, nothing is hidden. Everything is naked in God's presence. Because the word of God exposes everything. You can't come to God and lie to God. How can you lie to God? So, God said, you, you know, I didn't, you go, go laughing at him because everything is naked before his presence. Praise God. Next verse, verse 13. Verse 13. Okay, are you, are you still here now? Let's continue. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. See, I I just spoke about that now, right? There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and not put to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There's nothing hidden in God's presence. There's nothing hidden to God. Can you say amen? Verse 14. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Next. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, every temptation you have ever gone through in your life, Jesus has gone through it before. Hallelujah. Bible says, but he was yet without sin. Jesus faced all manners of temptation. I mean, Jesus faced the temptation to even kill human beings for arresting him, the Son of God. But he did not. The Bible says, him who knew no sin became sin for us that through his righteousness we might also become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Next verse, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. Tell somebody, come boldly. Say, come boldly. Say, come boldly. To what? To what? To what? You know some people, when they are coming to God, They come timid. They come timid. Why? Because of guilt and condemnation. They come in shyness to God's presence. Say, God, you know, you know, we are sinners saved by grace. I told you the other time, I said, you choose one. Either you are a sinner or you are saved by grace. You can't be both. (laughs) And you say, amen. Maybe I just say it again. I said, you cannot say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You cannot say it. You are either a sinner or you are saved by grace. Because those that are saved by grace were once sinners. And those that are not saved by grace are sinners. So how can you be both? It's like you are saying that I'm male and female. That's basically what you are saying. Huh? You're a And that's why you confuse the toilet. Because when they now say, this is male toilet, female toilet. And I'm wondering, which one should I choose today? Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I went one time, you know, in, in the United States, they were having a serious government policy debate. On toilet, what I'm telling you is true. On toilet, they were saying that male and female toilet is not enough. They need to have male, female, transgender, then others. So they have four different. So when you go to the toilet now, you pick your own. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Next chapter. Chapter five. Let's move on. Hallelujah. It says, for every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Hello, I used to hear. Hello, I used to hear. The reason why God instituted high priest, the, the priesthood, was for two things. To offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Anytime you see, like Aaron was a high priest in the Old Covenant, right? The reason why Aaron was high priest was to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins think about it his job was to offer sacrifices for sins and in the in the old testament in the book of leviticus there were more than 10 sacrifices for sins let me tell you some Hmm? bond offering sin offering meal offering drink offering wave offering trespass offering these are just a few so imagine all these offerings because of sin that was the job of the high priest. Bible says that every high priest taken from among men is doing things appointed for men, but the things he's doing are pertaining to God. Listen brothers and sisters, today you have become a high priest. Can you say amen? Say I'm a high priest. Say I'm a high priest. Don't worry, I will study. I'll show you later. Now that you're a high priest, now God has appointed you for pertaining things unto God. And that's the reason why as a high priest you must do your priesthood, your priesthood authority your priesthood must be done. And I'll show you how to do that later. Verse 6. Verse 6. He can, he can have compassion on those who are ignorant or going astray since he became, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Verse 3. Because of this, he is required as for the people also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. That means even the high priest is not exempted. Even though the high priest was given the role to offer sacrifices for things pertaining to God, he himself is not exempted. He must also offer for himself. That was the reason why in the Old Covenant, when the high priest wants to do the major sin offering, what happens is that in the tabernacle of Moses, they have what is called the outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies. Nobody enters the holies of holies. Only the high priest. And the high priest only enters there once a year. Now let me explain how he does it. When he's about to go into the Holy of Holies, they have to die something to his leg. And then there will be bells. So because if you are moving, it will be ringing. Brungung, So the high priest will be going to offer sacrifice. Once they don't hear brungung, brungung again, doesn't that the high priest is done. He's dead. And that means that whole year he's suffering. That's what it means. Because every year, he must pay for the sin of the people. So their sins are covered for one year. Are you seeing that? But if the priest goes in and comes back alive, that year is going to be sweet. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's going to be sweet. Next verse, verse 4. I want to show you something this morning. You'll be amazed. And no man takes his honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. Next. Move fast. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he. Hmm. Go back. Verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify Himself to become High Priest, but it was He who said to Him, "You are My Son; today I begotten You." The same way Aaron was appointed as High Priest was the same way Jesus was also appointed as High Priest. We are go- tell somebody we're going somewhere. Tell somebody we're going somewhere. Verse six. As He also said in another place, "You are a priest forever." Jesus Christ is a priest forever. Aaron's priest who died when Jesus showed up on the scene. And I'm going to show you something that's very amazing. He says, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Who is Melchizedek? Who is Melchizedek? The Bible, yeah? You say what? You say God. Who is Melchizedek? This was a man. Now, this man, Melchizedek, is a strange man. Why? The man does not have genealogy. There's no trace of who his father is or who his mother is. The man faith appeared to Abraham after Abraham went for war, and the man stood and he said, "I am the king of peace. I'm the king of Salem." And Abraham, said, says, Abraham gave tithe of all the spoils to to Melchizedek, and Bible says that the man blessed him and says, "You are a possessor of heaven and earth from this day." Hallelujah. Now, Jesus' priesthood is not of the order of Aaron, but of the order of Melchizedek, telling you something powerful: that his priesthood. Is forever hallelujah his priesthood is forever verse 7 verse 7 who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and just to him who was able to save him from death remember when Jesus was about to die Baptist said he went to prayer he was praying so much that he came out after one hour all the disciples were sleeping he said come to tarry for one hour jesus went back to prayer bible says he was praying and praying and praying until sweat came out like blood from his body the bible says jesus Christ was praying you know do you know why he was praying he was praying so that he would not die he was praying so that he would not die because he knew he was about to enter but he said father not my will but let your will be done hallelujah he says he was with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death And was held because of his godly fear. uh, Eight. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Brothers and sisters, when you are going through things in your life, don't think that God hates you. Don't think that God has left you. Just because God is silent does not mean he's absent. Can you say amen? Sometimes when you are going through things in your life, it's so that you will learn obedience. You will learn obedience. Even though you are a son. You will go through things in your life. Sometimes you may go through hard times. Sometimes you may go through turmoils. But remember, God is training you. God is raising you to become a man, to become a woman, to become somebody that will walk through obedience and become a fine-fashioned metal, Just as gold goes through the funnel. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Verse 9. Verse 9. And having been perfected, he became Mantopara Gadi. Let's read this together. I want to go. Read. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you notice something? He said he became the author of eternal salvation. Eternal salvation. You know, I remember years ago, when I saw this the first time, I pushed my Bible. I said, wait, hold on a moment. I thought they said there's nothing like eternal salvation. Well, look at it. I didn't say it. the Bible said so. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation. Once you come into Christ, you have what is called eternal salvation. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Say I have eternal salvation. Say I have eternal salvation. Is that too brief for your theology? I just show you the Bible. It says to all those who obey Him, how do they obey Him? By believing. The moment you believe the gospel, you will receive Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, Bible says from that day, He has given to you eternal salvation. From that day, glory to God, verse, verse 10, it says called by God as high priest according to the order of Mercury. and you see eternal salvation makes sense, why? Jesus' priesthood is forever, are you following that? So if his priesthood is forever, then whatever he brings from his priesthood also must be forever. Are you seeing that? We also have what is called, I'll show you the Hebrews. We also have what is called eternal redemption. Our redemption is eternal. It's not past payment, it's eternal salvation. Eternal redemption. Praise God. Eternal forgiveness. Everything here you see is eternal. Glory to God. It says, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, verse 11. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Once you become dull of hearing, this will be hard to explain to you. You start questioning, how can a man give birth to a virgin? It does not make any sense. That is a lie. That woman must have slept with Joseph and somehow she gave birth to the boy. They are not lying to us, telling us a virgin. You start asking stupid questions because you are dull of hearing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Verse 12. Let's move. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, he said you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. He says you have come to need milk and not solid food. There's the time you get getting your Christian life, milk will must stop. You know what is called solid food. Now, what is solid food? I'll show you. He says, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilledful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. That means if you don't understand the doctrine of righteousness, say you're a babe in Christ. You're a babe in Christ. Until you understand the doctrine of righteousness, he says, then you have become a full age. Look at it. He says, but solid food becomes, he said, belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Next verse. Next verse. Chapter 6. Move on. Let's go. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the element. Principles of Christ, let us go to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. What is the what is the the doctrine? Now follow this very carefully. It says that laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, from dead works, and of faith towards God. What is dead works? What is what is dead works? Should I explain to you? That's what dead works do. Let me explain what dead works are. For instance, when you come to God in repentance, without seeing your need for the blood of Jesus Christ, and you try to do something to appease God, that is a dead work. Because when you come to God, you must accept what your High Priest has done for you, which is Jesus Christ. You must confess and accept that through His blood, my forgiveness was given unto me. Through his blood, I'm forgiven from all sins. Through his blood, I'm redeemed. Are you seeing that? If you don't accept what he's done for you in his blood, what you are doing is dead works. And it's not faith towards God. But faith towards God is when you accept what Christ has done for you. What has been buried for you. What he was punished for you. Hallelujah. Baptist that By his stripes, we were healed. Glory to God. So I say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his pity. I was healed. By his beating, I was healed. That is faith towards God. But when you say, Father, from today, I trust in exercise. I trust in dieting. I don't trust God to be the source of my health. When you you put your trust in human things and not put your trust in God, that's dead works. That's not faith towards God. Can you say amen? When you trust in money, that's not faith. That's dead works. That's not faith towards God. Bible says you trust in God alone. Trust in God for everything and for all things. Can you say amen? amen? And then listen to God's leading to guide you. If God says go and get money, go and get money. If God says go and eat a particular thing, go eat that particular thing. But don't do it without faith. Bible says anything that is not of faith is sin. Hello? Hello? See that's the reason why in the New Testament, right? Sin is not compulsory. There's nobody sin is not compulsory. Everybody does not sin. Tell somebody everybody does not sin. Tell your neighbour inside their ear. Everybody does not sin, because sin is not compulsory. What is sin? What is sin in the New Testament? Sin. Whatever you do that is not of fit is sin. Uh, are you listening? So don't limit sin to just lying, stealing, and and uh, what again? What are the sin? Like tell me. Talk to me. Confidence. Tell me the sin. Which other sin again? Talk to me now. I said stealing and lying. Which other one? Unbelief, which other one? This is your sin, is very nice Which other sin is that one? Unforgiveness, Huh? Uh, adultery, eh? biting. eh? I'm talking to you. Eh? Uh-huh? Tell me sin. Or you yourself, you are sin. <laughs> Can't talk. Eh? Uh-huh? Hatred, eh? Uh-huh? Covetousness, eh? Uh-huh? Greed, uh-huh? Nice one. Tell me sin. S- no, that's no, not sin backbiting, huh? Huh? Cheating. Say pride. I had pride over there. What about you? Pride, huh? What is your... Tell me, sin, sing. Huh? huh? Envy, huh? Talk to you. Huh? Anger. <laughs> what about you? Tell me one. Huh? Sexual immorality. They say communication. I love you. I love Overfit. <laughs> What about you at the back there? What about you? Brothers, what about you? Gossip, uh-huh. You? Huh? Jealousy, yes. What about you, God? Dude? You are thinking. I'm... What about you? Seduction. Mandy. Yeah, what about you there? <laughs> huh? Huh? Oh, greed. You said greed before. What about you? I said pride already. Come I You said that already. Huh? Why you repeating? There's, there's more than. See, in the Bible alone, there's more than one thousand sin. What about you? God, Oh, false witness. What about you? Lie, huh? PK. What about you? Huh? Eh? Envy, huh? Anger, huh? Selfishness, huh? Hypocrisy. Imagine the list is endless. But guess what? I just told you that anything that's not of faith is what? Is not is what? Talk to me is what? That way you have to be careful. For instance, if God tells me, listen very carefully, if God tells me this, um, confidence, come, let me show you something. Henry, come. These are my two actors. Cowboy dance together for them. Okay, stand here. Now, watch this very carefully, no face, face. Okay, so now, I'm going to tell you something you. something now. I'll share what sin is now. Ten more seconds. Stand here. Five more seconds. I want to share what sin is now. This is what sin is. Stand where he started before. Now, let me show you practical of all things. Because remember, faith has to do with God. Hmm? Whatever God tells you to do, I don't do it. It's called what? Talk to me. Whatever God tells you that do, I don't do it, is what? Is what? It's not God understands. It's God understands sin. Yeah? So Say, God says do this. He say God understand. No, that's sin. Now, show them, show them. Okay, break it up. What do you see there? Twenty nine, right? What did I tell you? I should go and collect two hundred from somebody. Now raise your hand. What do you see there? Huh? Now, huh? One thousand, right? Now, what did I tell you? Why is he laughing? What did I tell? You? Is that what I told you? Say exactly what I told you. To go and collect 500 Naira from a lady in this church. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see? Now, what is a practical example of what sin is? I see. Because the instruction I told you. Now, both of them brought money. Are you listening? Both of them brought money. To you now, to you now, both of them are very nice But to me, they are sin. These guys is sin. Did not sin. Why? This one, I told him specific instruction. I said, go and look for a lady. And collect 500 naira from her and see what he brought. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Thank you very much. You're gonna sit down. Be getting back that money for eat it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God forevermore The <laughs> no way next time I'll say bring five thousand. Five thousand naira notes. Let me show that Glory to God. So, whatever is not of faith towards God is sin. I hear what I'm telling you. So, for instance, if God tells you from this day, hello, listen to me very carefully. If God tells you from this day, I want you to start barbing skin coats, yeah? and then you start to keep afro, that's sin. That you must, that's sin very well. If God tells you, I want you to do, who has, who has a nice hairstyle style? Courage come. Run, 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 fast, 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 fast. Fast, fast, fast. fast. I want to say something, so you know. Now, if God tells, now, I didn't say God told him. More. I'm just saying, if God said to him that he should do this particular type of hairstyle, yeah, I now say, ah, what will people think? What will they say? What will they think about me? And he does something else to appease human beings towards God. He's living a sinful life. That's what, that's, not as clear as that. It's as clear as that. So that's why you see sin is personal. The New Testament. Are you seeing that? Of course there's the general there are the general ones that we don't see but there are some things for for instance god told you this year go and start your business and you say god i don't have money that's sin you see that because it's specific to you now this one there's no thou shall not not start their business is there, any, is there anything like that yeah it's not anything thank you very much oh you say thou shall not go to that place there's anything like that nothing like that but into god is seen because You didn't act in faith. You didn't act in faith. And the Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So for instance, God tells you, don't eat this food. And they told you that, this food is very sweet, you are missing. You are not going to eat the food, that's sin. That's sin. Are you following what I'm telling you? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's why don't judge people just anyhow you think. Because you're not the one that told them what to do. Be very careful. Very, very careful. If not, you'll face the wrath of God. Hallelujah. I hope you listen to this morning. Alright, verse 2. It says, and the doctrines of baptism. See, what do you see here? Baptism, what? That means there are different baptisms. Okay. Uh, how many baptisms do you know? Of water? Of spirit? What's, what's the meaning of spirit? What's baptism of spirit? There's nothing like that in the Bible. There's nothing like what's What baptism of the Holy Spirit? Tell me. These are two different things. There's baptism of the Holy Spirit and there's infilling of the Holy Spirit. There are two different things. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. Are you seeing that? It's not speaking in tongues. What is baptism of the Holy Spirit? Bible says that they that are baptized into Christ have become one together with him. What does that mean? When you are born again, you are baptized into Christ. Baptism of the Spirit is when a man becomes new in Christ. Bible says that once you are a new creature in Christ, you are baptized into Christ. Are you seeing that? Because you become part of God's family. So, baptism of the spirit is a man that is new in Christ. Are you what I'm telling you? That is one doctrine of baptism. The second doctrine of baptism was the one that John the Baptist did, where people will come to him and he will dip them in water for repentance. In the new covenant, we don't need that anymore. Because that was a shadow of what is to come. So when people are immersed into water, they are immersed into God. When a man is born again, he's also immersed into God. That's baptism of the Spirit. Now, speaking in tongues is infilling of the Holy Spirit. That means not only have you been immersed into God, now God is immersed into you. I'll explain. Do you know that you can, when you enter into water to swim, right? You are immersed into the water, right? How do people get drowned? In water, when the water enters into them. So drowning, drowning of the Spirit is infilling of the Spirit. So when you are drowned in the water, you are, that's why you see when a man is drowned in the water, he becomes a drunk man. That is what is really the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. Hello somebody, are you hearing what I'm telling you? So when the Bible talks about baptism, the doctrine of baptism is when a man is new in Christ. The day you are a new man in Christ, you are baptized into Christ. Say, I'm baptized into Christ. That was the reason why when Paul went, Paul said, have you been baptized? And then they said, the baptism we had is only the baptism of John, which is baptism of repentance from from dead works. Then Paul said, today, I'll baptize you. And Bible says he led them into Christ and filled them with the Holy Ghost the same day. Praise God. He says, and of laying on of hands. Now there was a doctrine in the Old Covenant called the linen of events. I don't have time for that one today. And resurrection of the dead and for eternal judgment. Verse 3. And this will be if God do permit. That means sometimes we explain these things and God allows us to explain. Next verse. Verse 4. Now it says for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Five. And I've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Six. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucified again for themselves the Son of God and put him again to a, and put him to an open shame. Verse 7. It says, okay, go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. Alright, now let me explain this part. In, have, you, have, you, um, have you ever seen before where somebody tells you that this person has backslidden and he will never again return to Christ. Hmm? Now, this verse does not refer to those type of people. I'll explain why I said so. Go back to verse five. Verse five. I'm teaching now, so it's very important. Go back to verse five. Now, go back to verse four actually. Verse four. I'm going to show you'll be amazed now. Now, notice, a Christian is not one who was once a light. A Christian is not one who have tasted the heavenly gift. We are not tasters, we are drinkers. Hello? There's a difference between tasting juice and drinking juice. Hey, am, I, am, I, am I correct? Hmm? The difference between tasting rice and eating rice. Am I correct? Now it says they have tasted the heavenly gift. Remember, in the old covenant, there were Jews who were tasters of the power of God. This they, they had they had a shadow of Christ to come, They they walked in the power of God. But they were not really Christians. The Bible says they were they were supposed to become partakers of the Holy Ghost. That means to become born again. But the Bible says, now go back to verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5. He says, They also tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Now go back to verse 4. Verse 4. Go back to verse 4. For these people, if they fall away, he said it is impossible for them to come back. Impossible. Now go back to verse 6. We are going to stop in this verse today. For if the following to renew them again to repentance, since they crucified again for themselves the Son of God, and put him to an open shame. What did they do? Because we are going to see it in the book of Hebrews later. What is it we are doing is that they refuse to accept that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Are you following? But they had a vision. They've seen the power of God. They've walked in the power of God, but they refuse to accept fully that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he has become the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He said, This once, if they fall away, no room again for repentance unto them. That was the writer was telling them. And he says, This once, they've put Jesus Christ to an open sheet, an open display. And he says, No more can they come back to Christ. Hallelujah. Say, This is not me. Say, I refuse to fall away. Pray for yourself now, wherever you're seated. Pray for yourself. Say, I refuse to fall away from the word of God. I refuse to deviate from the truth of Christ. Say, I remain in the things of God. I remain in the things of the Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Can you stand to your feet now? Can you stand to your feet now?